Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. It's so great to have you here with us on this Thursday, October 13th, 2022. We are 25 days away from the first Duke men's basketball game of the season. 25 days. You can really feel it. It's so close. And we've got a lot to talk about on today's show. We had ACC tip-off yesterday in Charlotte, North Carolina, marking off another event that needs to take place before the start of the upcoming season. We've got countdown to craziness. We've got a close scrimmage that's going to be taking place. And then it's going to be basketball time. And we're going to be talking about that each and every day here on this daily episodes and daily editions of Locked On Blue Devils. Please subscribe. Watch the show on YouTube each and every day. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils, and be sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe there and leave us a five-star rating and review. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Again, I'm JJ Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore for all your latest Duke men's basketball needs. On today's show, I'm so thrilled. I'm reunited with my good pal, Ryan Lohman, at the Duke Nation on Twitter, as we've got a lot to dive into during today's program. Ryan, it's been a little bit, but here we are 25 days away from the season. Hope you're doing well and glad you're back here on the podcast with me. Yeah, thanks, man. Appreciate you having me. Uh, I apologize in advance. I'm getting over a cold here to to the listeners. But um, yeah, I was actually just talking to another Duke fan buddy of mine this morning and how quickly this offseason seems to have flown by, in my opinion, at least. And and he shared the same the same opinion as well Um, for how it ended last year. I thought this offseason would kind of be a drag. And there was times in the middle of June and July where it was. But it's almost like these last couple of months have flown by and we're almost back, baby. Let's get to it. So we last spoke right after the NBA draft. And again, our conversations have always been my favorites. I love the following that you've got with that Duke Nation. Over 30,000 followers now on Twitter. Big time congrats for that accomplishment. And and you mentioned, you know, once June happens, once this draft takes place, I get to disappear for a little bit. And I don't (laughs) have to pop back up until we get closer to the season. Well, the season's 25 days away, so it's good to have you back in in the Duke basketball world, Ryan. <laughs> yeah, thank you. It was, I, and I did, I did just that, man. It's, it's more so just like I spend whatever it is, eight to nine months, like fully invested in Twitter. Twitter's always up. It's always on my phone. It's one of the main apps that I'm checking, but um, I have other things I do enjoy doing. And uh, it's nice to take a little bit of break. Not that it's like, it's not a full-time job or anything, but like when you don't really get paid for it actively and it's more of like a hobby and a patent, then obviously watching Duke basketball is a passion. Um, it's nice to take a few months off and it's just kind of crazy because uh, I'm an avid outdoorsman. So this falls right in the line with with hunting season for me. And so now it's like I have two seasons ramping up and uh, being able to watch Duke basketball in, in the evenings and stuff is uh, is awesome after a hard day of work in the field. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we got well, we got a lot to get to. So let's get started. Basketball season right around the corner, 25 days until tip off. And I do want to talk a good bit today about the Redeem Team documentary that's come out on Netflix. We know good and well that Mike Krzyzewski was the head men's basketball coach 
of the United States senior men's national team. Uh, and they did not play so well in the 04 Olympics, put together a band of great basketball players and ultimately win gold. What'd you make of the documentary? Dude, I absolutely loved it, man. It's, uh, you know, they, we hear stories all the time about Coach K and about how great of a motivator he is, right? And how it's not always about X's and O's, about how you prepare your team and, and get them ready for these big games and big situations. And you hear stories and it's kind of like, haha, funny, like that's a great story, but you never actually get to see it or hear it in the flesh. But like, I don't know, hearing Coach K drop F-bombs and stuff, and I don't, I can't, I have a bad memory. I don't know if I've actually ever heard Coach K drop an F-bomb before, but I giggled every single time because it was just like, I don't know, I found it hilarious. And then he's doing it in front of guys like Kobe and LeBron and D Wade and Melo and all that stuff. I just found that very entertaining. Um, but just the, the tactics he used uh, during that. And then also uh, Dean Smith dropping the, the knowledge bomb that coach K was the only guy that could get this job done. I'm sure that rubbed UNC fans wrong a little bit. Uh, we'll take that win when we can. Um, but yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was cool to see Coach K in that light with those types of players and actually get to hear and see the stories that those guys have been telling for years about Coach K. The whole story was great, and I'm glad that someone put together a documentary like this. Again, it's on Netflix. Go check it out. About an hour and a half watch, uh, and you're going to be glued to your seat the entire time that you're taking a look at it. We well know what happened in the Olympics. There have been millions and millions of dream team documentaries it feels like with the 92 olympics and michael jordan and company coming together with uh, the united states deciding you know what we are pretty good at this basketball thing let's go put our best players out there then there gets to be a little bit of fatigue 2004 comes around and you're right jerry colangelo has a conversation with dean smith where he says hey if you need a coach to do this coach k is the guy that you need to call and it was awesome to hear Coach K talk about himself, what we speculate, what we've said over all these years. Like, who is Coach K to these basketball players, right? Mm -hmm. Only Carlos Boozer on that 08 team that wins the gold medal had played for him at yep. Duke. And for Coach K to show that level of vulnerability, to be like, these are the best basketball players in the world, and now it's my responsibility to go and be a motivator, to go and be a coach. I, don't, I just really – appreciated his perspective there was not much bravado and I'm the man I'm coach K and that sort of thing like I really liked how he came across yeah and I the, the comment he made that I think struck a chord with a lot of the players and that I was like wow it's a good way to put it is and I'm sure he used it when he got all these five-star recruits who had big, big egos coming in he said bring your ego but let's put it under one big ego umbrella and let's be that confident cocky team that we should be and can be and I thought that was a great way to put it um I, I never thought of it that way. Like normally most coaches would say, check your ego at the door. We don't, we don't want it here, but he embraced all the egos. And I'm sure that's what played in part into his success with the, with the one and dones with all these big five-star guys coming in. And uh, yeah, I just, I thought that was an amazing way to look at it. I loved also hearing LeBron James in the documentary who uh, it's well known on, on my social media profiles. I'm team LeBron. That's my absolute basketball icon uh, for, for LeBron to say, look, being an inner city kid, I hate Duke. I hated Duke. I hated Christian Leitner. I hated J.J. Redick. We no, can no. definitely tell this relationship has changed the way he feels about the brotherhood and the yeah. university and the establishment. That was cool to see, though, for those comments to be made like that. 
That was, yeah. And then I saw JJ Reddick uh, posted on Instagram, like just him catching strays when he wasn't even a part of it. So I thought that was a funny banter back and forth. But yeah, I mean, a lot of those guys, right? Like like you said, Boozer was the only one that actually played for Coach K. A lot of those guys looked at Duke like, F Duke, man. Like, I, I don't want any part of that. And then lo and behold, Coach K comes in to save the day. Um, yeah, I found that pretty entertaining. Let's talk a little bit more about that Redeem Team documentary in the upcoming Duke men's basketball season after our first time out here on today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Locked On Blue Devils here today brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online For all of your sports betting needs, Bet Online is the number one source for football betting information this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game. Bet online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online, where do the game start? Welcome back into the program. JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation on Twitter. And uh, Ryan, talking a little bit more about that Redeem Team documentary, like you saw a lot of of Duke throughout the documentary. If if you're obsessed with the program like we are, you see, of course, all of his assistants on the staff at the time. Uh, Chris Collins, Johnny Dawkins has some cameos in the background and that sort of thing, uh, really getting set up and and being a part of the Olympics. And then uh, hearing Doug Collins share his story, uh, of course, well-connected to the Brotherhood, with his son Chris uh, about his run at the 72 Olympics was incredible to watch. Yeah, I honestly, I mean, to be I didn't full know about it. I, I, I had really no idea, man. It. I had never heard about that. You look at that, and it, I had so many questions going into it. I had, I had to Google it. I went to the Wikipedia page about it. It's just I had I had no idea, and then I had no idea Doug Collins actually played that big of a role in just in USA basketball in general. And so that was a very cool educational moment, at least for me as well, to learn about that. I still don't understand how they allow that to happen in such a high magnitude game like the Olympics, like you have the score wrong or the clock, whatever it ended up being. It's just, I, I never knew about that. That was really cool. Um, cool of the team to include him and stuff like that. Um, and then the fact that it's Chris Collins uh, dad, like that just really cool that they highlighted that they put in, they made sure to put an emphasis on that. Um, and yeah, I didn't realize it at the time. I, I never knew that that happened. And then I didn't realize how closely uh, Doug was in, involved with with Brotherhood and, and and Coach K in general after that. So I thought that was a really cool thing that they touched on. I've shared this a time or two uh, with, with my experiences in Duke basketball um, and, and getting the opportunity to meet Coach K on a couple of different occasions through the Make-A-Wish Foundation and going to the 2010 NCAA tournament uh, with my cancer battle and journey. And Doug Collins was right beside me uh, for a good number of those basketball games in the first round and second round of the 2010 tournament. Had no idea that that was, uh, you know, I'm just like, this is an ESPN broadcaster. I knew yeah. he used to be an NBA coach, right? Yep. I know he's Chris Collins, but I was like, yep, here he is. We want Duke to win this basketball game, me and Doug. And then uh, all these years later watching the Redeem Team documentary, and I'm like, wow, wow. Blue. And then like you said, at the end, when all the players, you know, start to hand him a medal. And then at the end, how all the basketball players also gave Coach K their medals. I mean, that was yeah. just uh, really cool uh, to see where the documentary starts. And at the end, 
to see how much respect and admiration they had for those coaches. Yeah, I agree. And, and I wonder what this, I, the other thing I couldn't help but think of is what this documentary will do for the younger generation, like guys who are in high school right now or coming up, uh, like, um, well, Paulo Bancaro has a little bit Italy background, but just like the younger guys in the NBA right, right now uh, who are who are going through it, if this will motivate them to continue this USA legacy and, and, and going forward. Who knows? I hope it'll motivate it because it's I've always enjoyed watching international basketball, especially the Olympics. But um, I wonder how this will have an impact on, on future generations for, for Team USA. Keep putting the best squads together like mm-hmm. I, I, just, I, I want the best players to play. Uh, yeah. I understand long playoff runs take place and that sort of thing. But every four years, I think that's just absolutely epic uh, that yeah. you'd be given the opportunity to represent your country like that. And then clearly over the years, you know, tying this back to Duke, 2008, 2012, 2016, three gold medals for the United States in the Summer Olympics, all while Coach K is the head coach. Yeah. I mean, we've talked a lot about the recruiting pitches that could take place Players have talked about how much of a recruiting pitch that was when they were recruited by Coach K, but it's just it's good to hear that he was wise enough to use that to his advantage. And we'll take it, man. Any any advantage you can get, you got to take it. You got to take the opportunity. Yeah, you absolutely do. And and now that he's not there, I I still think the connections to the program are still a thing that Shire can use. um, Not only obviously with the brotherhood and the NBA, but like all these guys who have talked on behalf of Duke for the last decade plus uh, with the redeem team. And then now all the way through the 2016 squad um, Duke's just had ties to so many different outside of just Duke as a whole in, in life and a career, but like the ties to NBA players doesn't just consist of guys who went to Duke. It, it's, it's anybody who had any involvement with coach K or team USA over the past decade or so. Um, so I don't see why the, the pitch really stops at this point. John Shire has all the connections that, that Kay really did, um, and ended up being lead recruiter on a lot of those anyways. So, um, there's no reason for that train to stop now. All that said, we're about less, honestly, less than a week away from the start of the newest NBA season on Tuesday. Uh, we'll see a couple of big games, uh, including the reigning champ Golden State Warriors taking on the Los Angeles Lakers, as it stands right now, 29 former Duke Blue Devils are on preseason rosters. Big weekend ahead because a lot of cuts will be coming this weekend as teams do need to trim down their rosters before the start of the regular season. But uh, another NBA year and Blue Devils absolutely littered across the association. It's amazing, man. And I was just seeing the other day, Marquise Bolton dropped 21 points in a preseason game. Jack White. That? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I saw the Marvin Bagley injury. Doesn't sound like he's going to miss much time, which is great. But I, I just, I saw, I, I knew he was on a roster, Marquise Bolton, I'm referring to. But just like the fact that he went from Duke and then I, I don't know along the way, I know he went to Indonesia. I don't know where he went in between there, but just going from there to Indonesia and then somehow signing out with the Bucks and then dropping 21 points. I don't know if he's going to make a team. I'm not going to act like I know all of his stats off the top of my head, but just like seeing names like that making an impact on a, on a championship level team like the Bucks is just is really cool to see. Um, but yeah, you're right. This this weekend, I'm assuming that number might drop a little bit from 29, but uh Paulo Bancaro has been putting on a show. Uh, it's just AJ Griffin's hit some big buckets. Cam Reddish is kind of coming into his own. It's It's been fun to see, man. I'm excited for the NBA season uh, and to cheer on a lot of these young guys who have, I feel like this is a pivotal year in a lot of their careers, the guys who have been there for a year or two or three years now um, to try to get that second big contract. It'll be, it'll be fun to watch. 
Jason Tatum continues to carry the flag for the Brotherhood, a first-team All-NBA season a year ago. Zion Williamson is back healthy, which is uh, just a win for basketball. Regardless of the Duke ties, entertainment is better when Zion gets to be a part of basketball games and that sort of thing. And I think the same is said for Kyrie Irving, and it seems like Kyrie's going to get a chance to be a full healthy participant. Uh, we don't have as many health and safety protocols that are over the top for the NBA this season. So uh, I'm going to be excited to see all those guys kind of get back to it and and see what this upcoming season of uh, professional hoops looks like for Duke. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that you you nailed it, man, Zion Williamson coming back, I can't believe I forgot to mention that. I, that's a top of the, 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 the chair on top of the cake for going into the season for Duke fans. So um, I'm excited, but Count on the craziness, man. We got, what, a week and a half now, and our guys will be back out there. I I can't wait to be watching that. Duke basketball yeah. back, man. It's back. You set it up. We'll talk about countdown to craziness and more after our final timeout here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Locked on Blue Devils here today. We want to tell you about our friends over at Locked on ACC. That's right. Get more on the ACC by making Locked On ACC your second listen each and every day. Host Candace Cooper and the local experts of Locked On take you across the conference in 30 minutes. I was on a show earlier this week there with Locked On ACC. Candace Cooper and I giving a good breakdown of the upcoming games in week seven of the college football season. A really big one on Saturday. Duke football taking on North Carolina. Blue Devils versus Tar Heels. Going to be a fun one. You can listen to Locked On ACC wherever you get your podcast. Also subscribe on YouTube. Final few moments of today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils. JJ Jackson alongside my buddy Ryan Lohman at the Duke Nation. We mentioned your successes online earlier in the in the podcast with what you do there on Twitter, but I want that number to continue to grow. I want us to both be able uh, to get some pub out of this. So how can folks get involved? What can they expect to find uh, at the Duke Nation on Twitter, Ryan? Yeah, man, we're going to be doing some more. Uh, we host the the live post game show, or sometimes even pre game show, Crazy Twitter Live with me myself, uh, or with me and Zion uh, at Duke NBA, and occasionally Russ, who's at Duke Better. Um, we'll be coming back this year in, in full capacity again. Uh, really looking forward to jumping in with those guys and, and getting that show on the road. Uh, but yeah, with with Countdown to Craziness coming, um, I will say. Uh, I'm unfortunately in a wedding next weekend in Chicago that I will probably be driving to, if not at a groom's dinner for during countdown. So the content around countdown might be a little bit lacking, unfortunately, but um, most people are watching that live anyways, and it's a good time and and fun to watch. So I'll hopefully be tuning in. Uh, But yeah, you said it best. The season's ramping up and uh, the content will be coming in full force now that ACC media day is, is wrapped up and um, it's time to focus of the season. I actually hadn't mentioned this on on the podcast myself, but since you brought it up, I would like to also throw out that uh, I'm actually in a wedding uh, next Friday. My younger brother is getting married, so uh, absolutely thrilled to be the best man in his wedding. But yeah, it just so happens to fall on Friday night when Countdown to Craziness is taking place. So uh, the best thing about 2022, Ryan, is that we can go back and watch it just as if we were watching it live with everybody else. And at the end of the day, it's countdown to craziness. Still going to be fun to see what these guys look like, but nothing really matters in this. The intros are always fun and exciting. The on-the-floor product is cool to see those guys in Duke uniforms. 
Uh, so for that perspective, it will be good to get some new Duke content to watch. Yeah, for sure. And it's one of those things where it's like all we've seen so far are hype video or like highlights and videos. So everybody looks really good and and everyone's going to look really good on ne our next Friday, I believe, is, is the actual yeah. date. So um, everyone's going to look good. Everyone's going to overreact. We're all going to say, oh, Derek's going to drop 20 a game. Lively's going to get 10 blocks a game. Like we're, we're going to go overreact and we're going to overreact after the exhibition games, too. Um, but it's just good to actually see live action and not just highlights. I think that's the fun part. Um, and it's and it's fun to say Duke basketball is back. Right. And being able to, to view them. And so um, I always I always look for the most overreaction, overreactionary takes and see which ones I find the funniest. But um, you're right. There's not a whole lot to take from it. And even those first exhibition games, you kind of just get to see a flow um, for for how those new guys play. But I think what I'm going to be looking forward to most, maybe not so much at countdown, but for those first exhibition games is going to be just the style of play that Shire goes with right away. Um, and especially the use of the bench um, early on in those exhibition games, just to see uh, what Shire style is really going to be like uh, now that Coach K has moved on and he has full control over this uh, this team and the rotation. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. Excited to have a couple of regular season uh, games to start before. I think there are two regular season games before you jump into the Champions Classic this yep. year against Kansas. So uh, get to see a little bit of the team in that situation and to get to learn more about the lineups. That's the big question that a lot of people want to know in the Duke world. What exactly can we expect from these lineups? We also aren't going to know that answer after just one game, right? It's a long season. You got to play it all the way out each and every night. Some guys could have foul trouble, various things like that. But what is one thing in particular about the lineup that you are most curious about? Is it the rotation of guards, how the big men are involved, how somebody like Mark Mitchell contributes to the team? What's the one? If you could only pick one, what kind of intrigues you the most with lineups? Honestly, I, I don't even know if it's a lineup thing. I'm still just super intrigued by Tyrese Proctor. Like okay. I see people completely over the top about him saying he's he's one and done candidate. He'll he's gonna be gone. He's gonna impress everybody's in, in love with him. And I've seen people like pump the brakes a little bit. And so how we utilize him. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Roach and Blake's together. And uh, is Blake's going to play a bigger role this season or is it mainly going to be Roach and Proctor and, and Derek? I guess, maybe playing the two a little bit? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm super interested in that. I, I think Tyrese could be a great player, but he's he's played in, in Australia and I guess at the international level, but the college game's different. Whether or not that means it's harder or better than Australian league basketball, I'm not going to say it is, but um, it's a different style. Like international basketball is just different. There's different rules to play by. So um, I'm really interested to see how the guard play shakes out between those three. Um, and then just to see, like you mentioned, Mark Mitchell, that's a really good point. Um, some people think he's going to be starting over Filipowski, um, which would be a, a surprise to me if you would have told me that six months ago. Um, sure. Now it's starting to seem like that might not be that big of a deal, um, which is which is awesome. Um, and then just to see how how we use uh, Ryan Young and uh, a couple of the big men rotation there. Uh, but I still think how we use Tyrese Proctor, Jeremy Roach, and, and Jalen Blakes, like how that shakes out is one of the things I'm looking forward to most and just Proctor's development at Duke. Going to be fun. And, and here we are 25 days away from the first regular season game for Duke men's basketball. Really excited for that. And uh, Ryan, really excited to know that I'm going to have you on the program very frequently once again throughout this basketball season. So thanks again, as always, for the time. Really appreciate you stopping by.
Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. Look forward to chatting with you more often now. That's Ryan Lohman. He's at the Duke Nation on Twitter. Please be sure to follow him over there for all of his great content. That's going to wrap up today's episode of Locked On Blue Devils. Coming up tomorrow, we've got a Locked On crossover. I'm joining Isaac Shade, the host of Locked On Tar Heels. Again, a big football game coming up on Saturday, Duke versus UNC, Saturday night at Wallace Wade Stadium on the campus of Duke University. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you tomorrow. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day. Good day.